0: Welcome to episode forty eight of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Rigg, joined by my co-host, Dalton Willie. And Dalton, I guess, like Johnny has this excuse that it's like his birthday or something, I
1: think, today. Like
0: and he didn't I wanna didn't didn't want to spend it with us, which is it's what whatever a little hurts a little bit, but it, it it is what it is, I guess we understand.
1: I didn't know birthdays counted after twenty one, but I guess we're still counting for some of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you would assume you know it was at least like a thirty or a forty, right? Like a milestone. But no, just just twenty six. Just uh, just twenty six. Just, just another number. Just just another number. And I don't I don't think Johnny is still on his parents' health insurance. But if he were, then he'd be kicked off it. That's the only that, thing I know.
1: That's what he gets.
0: That's the only thing I know about twenty six birthdays. So happy crappy birthday, Johnny. Hope, <laughs> hope you enjoy it. Now, just kidding, just kidding, Johnny. We we've got a fun show tonight. Um, last week we did some trade targets or or just some trade talk, uh, some buy lows and sell highs. This week, just a good old-fashioned buy-sell-hold. This is just a pretty easy way for us to jump around and, and take a look at different situations, um, maybe in a, in a vein a little bit similar to the regression show that we did last year. It's kind of the same idea, just a little bit different phrasing, but pretty self-explanatory. We're going to name a guy. We're going to talk about their situation. We're going to talk about if we're buying, we're selling, or we're holding if, if that guy is is on your roster. And to be clear, the way I approached this, Dalton, was if I'm buying, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm buying low. Like in some cases, I want to pay a lot for that guy because I believe. And in other cases, I might want to sell because I want to just get out from under it. I don't care if it's you know 75 cents on the dollar
1: Yeah there are certainly guys out there Where um, I'm buying I just don't think people are selling Which mm-hmm. is the bigger issue Yes the,
0: it, it does take uh, Takes to the tango as as They might say uh, about that But I think where we should start first Because I didn't, I didn't write about waivers In the newsletter this week uh, Came out today if anyone has not read it yet Halfpointperpod.substack.com No waivers on that Obviously but other, other stuff from week four to get you caught up and, and filled in on everything that happened. But with no waivers, there was no David Montgomery talk. And that's probably outside of the guys who were like questionable for this week. Montgomery is probably the dominant story in fantasy football. He's out four to five weeks. He's got a knee sprain. Thankfully avoided uh, the ACL. That's what I know that was the fear for everybody when it first happened. Tariq Cohen's still on the PUP. Khalil Herbert is the only other active running back on the roster besides Damian Williams, who is the presumptive starter. So, Dalton, Damian Williams is a top blank running back over the next month.
1: Well, this is difficult. If I could be told who was calling the plays, <laughs> I would give you a better answer. Well, if Bill Lazor calling the, the the plays, he's a top probably 15 going forward. Really? He's top 15? That's a, what, Where's Montgomery right now? With Bill Lazor calling the plays, he's a top 15. <laughs> well, one, okay, one week. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. But, I mean, even last year, Bill Lazor is the one that took over the offense in the second half last year when they had their kind of offensive revolution, and Montgomery kind of made himself a top 10 back to finish the season. And, I mean, they just called him much more efficiently, and they rush more often. So if they're going to be getting that kind of volume, then he's definitely going to be up there. I'm going to
0: say a top 30 running back over the next month because even though it kind of appears Damian williams is the only game in town right now whether it's khalil herbert getting getting some action which as a khalil herbert truther that would just nothing would excite me more than if khalil herbert got like eight carries and, and two receptions this weekend but they could still bring in somebody else cuz it you know I think Tariq Cohen's on the PUP until at least week 7 and we've literally heard nothing positive on that recovery this whole season. So I'm not even sure if he's going to be back at that point. Somebody else will be there. I don't think this is going to be 85% Damian Williams. I think he'll he'll be the lead guy, he'll get good volume, and he'll be productive. You'll you'll want to start him if you have him most likely, but I'm saying top 30 is Top 24 was what I was thinking about. Top 30 is more my, my safe projection uh, for the next month.
1: Yeah, I think this offense could go pretty well for him. He could play pretty well if they're letting Bill the laser call those plays and Matt Nagy gets out of the play calling room. Well,
0: when we obviously like that, Justin Fields is now named the starter. Um, just, di- just days ago, Matt Nagy uh, said that Andy Dalton is a starter when healthy. And then today, Matt Nagy's like, oh, you know, we, he, he just had to do this and this and this. You know, he had to, he knew, we knew the things he had to do to be the starter. It's like, well, what has he done between Monday and now? Because it's, we've got, it seems like a decision that maybe came from above, uh, above Matt Nagy. That's
1: my theory. Maybe Ryan Pace gave him the get out of town or start Justin Fields. Yeah, it's, lecture. Like, it's like, okay, we can
0: fire you now or we can give you the rest of the season with Justin Fields, at quarterback, to maybe try to save your job. Your choice, bud. Your choice. I, that That's what
1: I'm going to just assume, what, what happened. I mean, that has to be what happened. Uh, either that or he's just doing the thing where he's just not saying what he's thinking. Like Kyle Shanahan's probably thinking Trey Lance is starting this week, but he's going to tell us Jimmy G's starting all week if he's healthy. Well, if Kyle Shanahan is public enemy number one
0: um, for fantasy <laughs> football players, Matt Nagy is a strong number two. Obviously, all the shenanigans he's pulled up until this point, but they were being extra secretive about Montgomery and extra slow about adjusting his status on the roster. I saw Jason Morka. You know, I I don't have Montgomery, so I'm not exactly hip to the the ins and outs of what's going on with his roster status. But depending on your league format, you may not have been able to put Montgomery on your IR for like three or four days this week before waivers um, ran. So just just real top of the line stuff for Matt Nagy. I know they don't care about us, but would be nice. Like, you know the guy's out a month. Just just get on with it. What what is the point of waiting two extra days? I mean, come on.
1: Well, make the corresponding roster move if we're talking real football. Put yeah. him on the IR so you can pull a guy up and get him into practice. But yeah, I mean I don't think Matt Nagy is a very good coach at this point.
0: No. Um they I I think we're we're finding out more positives about Andy Reid as as the days go on <laughs> and and negatives about Matt Nagy.
1: And maybe Mitch Trubisky needs another chance. Let's get that out there while we have the opportunity.
0: Well, that <laughs> might be a bridge too far. You know what? I mean, I'm all for Mitch getting get another chance. He probably will, like, he'll have, like, the Fitzpatrick where he will start on, like, three different not very good teams, at least, throughout his career. I don't think he's probably ever going to work himself back into an every, day, an every week starter. But neither here nor there. Dalton. Buy, sell, hold the first guy a real doozy because he's the number one overall non-quarterback in fantasy football right now. And if you look at fantasy pros rest of the season ranks, which I I think is a helpful tool when talking about these guys because it gives us an idea, at least somewhat of an idea of what the market thinks of these guys. Um, Derrick Henry is number one rest of season as well. What are you doing with Derrick Henry if he is on your roster or if you don't have him this year, but you've had him in the past and you're
1: just itching to go trade for him, like what would you tell those two groups of people? Well, if you have him, you're holding. Um, if you want him, I mean, just good luck. Yeah, I mean, this is probably because he's a buy for me. Um, this is probably he's a buy uh, for you. Wow, yeah, I mean, this. I don't think that it's possible for anybody to buy. It would take like a Cooper Cup and a, I mean maybe Dalvin Cook to kind of get this kind of. Well, okay, let me let me just say this, you know, McCaffrey. I don't know if he's playing this week. Let's say
0: McCaffrey misses this week. I think if McCaffrey's playing this week, I think most people would not trade McCaffrey for Derrick Henry. Say McCaffrey, his fantasy manager is one in three. If I'm a Derrick Henry fantasy manager, I'm like, yeah, I'll take Christian McCaffrey. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll lose a week to to upgrade from Henry to McCaffrey. If it's a PPR league, yeah, I, I can see that. But he, Derrick Henry's even getting targets now, he and is. I, I mean, fourteen he's getting, receptions. He's getting thirty-two touches a game. Oh, well, trust just me, I'll I'll go over that in a moment. Absolutely absurd. And I want to talk about Derrick Henry breaking down at some point, but the guy just. I think this is one of those players where you have to put them in a different category than everybody else in the NFL, and he just has really earned it. At yards after contact right now, Derrick Henry is 365 in the league. That's more rushing yards than any other running back mm-hmm. in the league. It's absolutely insane what he's doing, and the big you know, hubbub about Derrick Henry is him not being able to get targets, and now he's getting targeted that, now that Arthur Smith's out of that offense, and now that... Mike Vrabel has essentially said this offense runs through Derrick Henry. And well, and also they, and also last week they literally had like no receivers who should even be starting on an NFL field. Yeah, I, I at the end of the day, I mean the guy is the overall running back one for a reason, and I think he's that the rest of the season because he just he's not breaking down. I mean, out of all of the top drafted running backs other than Alvin Kamara, I think he has more targets than Kamara through the last two. weeks. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Kamara had zero targets, zero receptions for the first time in his career. Yeah. Last week Uh, Okay, so you've convinced me a little bit I had sell I'm gonna just stick with hold I would not go trade for him Because, well If we're just talking about my injury luck For a second I feel like the minute I traded for him (laughs) He would get hurt I have about 8 guys injured on my dynasty roster right now Um, You mentioned it 31 touches It's like 31.25 touches per game If you just take that in a 16-game season. So every other season until this year. He's on pace for 508 touches. The only guy in the last decade that's even comparable is Le'Veon Bell at 406 in 2017. And then you just look at all-time. The second most all-time is James Wilder, 492, in 1984. And then after that, it's Larry Johnson at 457. Like, he... He's not just in a class of his own in the NFL right now. It just volume-wise, he's in a class of his own, ever. period, ever, if he keeps this up. I have to believe that's not—because, I mean, if, if a 17-game season, he could have 540 touches. He could have 70 more touches than anybody else, you know, 50 more touches than anybody else in NFL history. After he led the league in touches last year and had a ton, was right there with McCaffrey— the year before i just 127 touches already like if if i can get mccaffrey from the mccaffrey fantasy manager i'm doing it i don't think you can probably trade him for much less just be, he's been so good even if you have that fear it's like the guy's probably got you sitting at 3 3 and 1 or 4 and 0 oh right now he's the overall 1 I guess you just have to ride it and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, you, you just do. I, volume speaks, it measures in fantasy football. and We always want volume, but there, I don't think there's ever been, a, I, like you said with those stats, there's never been a time in the NFL where we've had a guy with this level of talent. He had a game with 41 touches. And you, if you're the owner, you ride it. And if if there's someone in your league who owns Derrick Henry and is you scared of the volume, I would go out and get him because – you just take it for as long as you can do it. If he gets 9, 10 more games at this volume, and then finally he breaks down, you're getting probably close to 10 weeks of straight game-winning performances every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it.
0: you know, you mentioned the receptions. He has 14 receptions this season. I don't have it in front of me, but I think I remember. His career high is 17. I think I remember it's either 17 or 19. It, it, regardless, he is very close to his career high in receptions for a season and they're only four games in let's do a i I didn't i should have done this before we came on i did not what 14 divided by four times 17 is on pace for 60 receptions man there's just no way no way but i've said that before about derrick henry and he just keeps doing it
1: yeah well i mean i've been on boat with you almost repeatedly with derrick henry but I mean, it's just time to get on board with the big dog while he's doing what the big dog <laughs> does, and he's eating, and you just—I just ha- I just can't get away from it. And this offense is horribly inept. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has looked like closer to Miami Ryan Tannehill than Tennessee Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. and Derrick Henry's really been the only bright spot. I mean, the injuries to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have been unfortunate. Julio Jones has had his own on-the-field issues. A.J. Brown's had some questionable drops. There's no one in that offense doing anything that's been productive other than derrick henry so i just don't see how they're going to get away from giving him the ball
0: do you worry the only worry with derrick henry outside of the volume being so astronomical that he breaks down is that we start getting more frequent occurrences of week one where the team just can't keep up and he loses volume that way like even if he's catching the ball more i mean the guy's getting 30 rushes a game and that's just not attainable when your team is down throughout the whole game do you worry at all about that uh, about him
1: losing volume that way i would if they played in a different division where they had five more games very valid point division opponents who were i mean he gets two games against houston and then two games against jacksonville and and the colts aren't exactly great yeah exactly (laughs) if i've never seen a running back get 35 touches against houston this houston team but it's probably going to be you know a 200 yard possible performance and a couple of TDs tacked on. So you just have to ride with it. I mean those weeks you're going to be sitting there and you could consider not having a flex spot and winning your league with the way he's playing. Let me tell you if in the Houston matchup if there's a four hundred
0: dollar price difference between he and Kamara and DraftKings, like there was last weekend, I'm just gonna find a way to make it work next time. I, I think I'm just gonna find a way to make that work.
1: <laughs> well, and in the Stranger Anomalies, Alvin Kamara getting twenty six carries and no targets, and Derek Henry getting like twenty four carries and six targets last yep. week. It's just the NFL's wild place right now, and Derek Henry's probably one of the wilder storylines. Yeah, I I want to see a little bit
0: more. Um, on the Kamara front but I think I mentioned this in the newsletter we're pretty close to having to, to having an Alvin Kamara conversation not that he's not been good top 15 guy but the usage has definitely changed and we'll we'll see if that keeps up over the next week or two well that was the concern going into the season I think I list him as one of my busts
1: um, yeah you may have
0: I'd have to go back and look but I, I think I definitely know you were lower on him than me
1: Yeah, and I mean this is just the thesis: is he doesn't get targets, and I'm worried for him. And I just wish they would give him the ball the right way. But yeah, and it's like not to get too off topic of Derrick Henry
0: here, but why are you like if you're scared the death of Jameis, which they clearly are, they're throwing it like 20 times a game. It's like just dump it down to Alvin Kamara. (laughs) Like that seems like a pretty easy way for Jameis not to throw an interception.
1: Well, we'll see what the offense turns into with Michael Thomas. I think that that might change it with the way that. I mean, that touchdown Marquez Callaway caught might be one of the flukiest touchdowns in the history of the NFL <laughs> where it bounced off the defender's head into his hands and he hardly brings it down. Just, I mean, that team's wide-receiving situation is absurd. Yeah, it's
0: it's not the best. Okay, Dalton, I know you're going to relish this uh, This guy. I put him on here just for you. Austin Eckler, he is the RB2 in half-point scoring right now. Fantasy Pros has him at number five overall, rest of season. Uh, I'll let you lead off with your guy here as well. Are you buying, selling, or
1: in the case that you have Austin Eckler, holding on to him? Well, if I have him, I'm holding. I do own him in our dynasty, and I'm holding. Mm-hmm. But I'm buying. And the reason is, I think this is one of those situations where it's easier to paint the owner into a, a dangerous situation. Obviously... Monday night, he gets injured for a little while, leaves, misses two red zone carries. But he comes back and he's fine. He's got his ankle wrapped. But then you also have week one, he had the hamstring injury. I mean, the owner is sitting on pins and needles because Eckler's definitely been one of those players who's been up and down on the injury report. Mm -hmm. And he's not your typical top five running back. He's getting only 60% of the backfield touches, or sorry, backfield share. So he's not on the field all the time. And if you're watching a game, you think to yourself, that's not good. I want my, you know, my RB1 on there every snap. Um, But he's just playing the Alvin Kamara role of years past where he's not, he doesn't have to be on the field all the time, but when he's on the field, he is a commanding presence. He's getting the good carries. He's getting the red zone carries and he's getting the targets. He's at 19 on the season with 18 catches, ranks him out at fifth in the NFL among backs. Mm -hmm. So he's looking good in that sense. But what I did is I just went back and read what I wrote about him being my guy. And a lot of what I was hoping would happen is happening. The first thing is the Chargers' run blocking grade last year was 32nd in the NFL. This year, it's fourth in the NFL. Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley have been really good additions for them. And last year, he averaged 1.8 yards per carry when contacted behind the line of scrimmage. Um, Out of all of his 50 carries this season, he's only been touched twice behind the line of scrimmage. In those carries, he averages 7.1 yards per carry when contacted after the line of scrimmage. So he's getting the utilization and he's being really efficient with it, which is what you want. The only thing that you can really pin on him is he's he's scoring touchdowns at a semi-unsustainable rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, again, if he's just a guy that's going to find his way in the end zone, this is a Chargers offense that can find its way up and down the field. So you yep. like everything about it. Yeah, no, the offense is great for sure. I, I still think I'm selling. I
0: know that's probably not going to be a surprise to you. But, you know, number five overall, if I can, you know, If you can trade him for Devontae Adams straight up, which that ranking tells you you can, I think I'm doing that. Like, if I'm getting paid like he's going to be a top five overall player rest of way, I'm doing that. I'm not just selling him off for RB10 value, but that's what I think he'll be closer to rest of season, which is still great, which is still higher than where he was ranked in my ranks, higher than where he was drafted. But... You mentioned it, the touchdown's a little unsustainable. He will probably score touchdowns because the offense is scoring touchdowns. But that clip will probably go down a little bit. He's the only running back to have a rushing touchdown so far. And there's other guys who are getting carries. You know, Roundtree's got a couple inside the five. Jackson has worked in here and there. So I think other guys are going to vulture him a little bit here and there going forward. It'll be random, impossible to predict, um, that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing is you mentioned the 18 of 19 targets. That is probably even though his targets are obviously the high efficiency type of targets, that will still probably go down a little bit. And his his, vault, his target his he just had a weird season. He had you know no targets out of the gate, and then he's slowly been creeping up again in the passing game. And he we joked about him being like Derrick Henry in Week One because he had like all of the red zone. So it's been kind of a weird it's seven season. Red zone yeah, carries. it's been a weird season for Eckler as just um an aside there. The other thing about Eckler and a little bit with the whole team is you can look at their first four weeks and it's funny Dallas, not Washington, as it turns out, is the tough matchup. But outside of that, Washington has been arguably one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Chiefs have been the worst defense in the NFL. And I don't think Vegas has a very good defense. They're not bad, but I would not say they're a tough matchup. So if you just want to do a little schedule um, look ahead for Eckler and for the rest of the team, they get Denver twice. They get Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, New England. So the schedule does get a little tougher. They do have, I don't remember the order, but they do have Baltimore pittsburgh cleveland minnesota all like in the next like five or six weeks so it's possible if you sell him now you're selling him at a at his peak and then if you try to trade him again right at your trade deadline you might be selling him at his floor and then he'll probably have a good or a better last part of the season that that's
1: my educated guess based on the schedule well and if we're talking schedule and if your team's setting well looking to trade for a player uh week 13 he gets cincinnati week 14 he gets the new york giants 15 kansas city chiefs and 16 the houston texans um so that's Mm -hmm. potentially like a league winning schedule he gets towards the end of the season and if you're setting well and you can offload some assets he's definitely a guy worthwhile your fantasy championships which are week 17 this year he gets denver which could be a much more difficult game uh, for him. But I mean, he could really carry you to a championship at this point. Yep, for sure. Okay.
0: Calvin Ridley. So this has been a tough one all season. I'll start on, on Ridley. And for as gross as it's been relative to where you draft them, I think he's like, why you do a list like this. I'm still buying Calvin Ridley. Number one, I do not think the Cordero Patterson renaissance is going to be a thing all season. Now, if you've got Patterson, you're starting him until the bottom falls out. I, which do, is soon. <laughs> I do think that will happen at some point. Um, he had three touchdowns last week, all receiving. One of them was a downfield bomb that is like Calvin Ridley 90% of the time, Not not last week. Another is a contested catch in the end zone, which most of the time. The rest of the season, I would expect that to be Ridley or Kyle Pitts. So you've got Patterson stealing what should be his production, I think, number one. And then number two, Dalton, you sent this stat earlier this week, so sorry if I'm going to steal your thunder by citing it here, but he accounts for 60% of his team's targets, which is the most in the NFL by 3%. Among wide receivers. Among wide receivers. He's had a nice PPR floor because of that, but it... Obviously, he's like wide receiver 34, I think, in half point right now. So it hasn't turned into great production. He has 5, 7, 8, 7 receptions. That's 8, 10, 11, and 13 targets. He hasn't hit above 11.43 yards per catch yet this season. He was only below that, or he's been below that three of four games. He was only below that three times all of last season and had games of 22, 21.6, 26, 15, and 17 yards per catch. He's always been a big play guy. Sometimes that can just run hot or cold. I've mentioned last week that Matt Ryan was not airing it out. Congratulations, Cordero Patterson catches the <laughs> first 20-plus yard air yard target uh, of the season uh, for for Calvin Ridley and, and the Falcons. I'm nervous about Ridley for sure just because of how inefficient it's been. But, like, if you're like you're looking at the rankings, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, like, I'm still taking
1: Ridley ahead of all of those guys, I think. What do you think? I'm buying low for sure because mm-hmm. he's definitely not lived up to expectations. Yep, you do not
0: have to pay full price for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, in total, he has 28% of his team's targets. He, and everything that you thought that was going to happen in the preseason is pretty much happening. It was this guy's a. High, ADOT, high target guy who's going to be a big play machine. The only thing that we're missing are the big plays, mm-hmm. but he still has a 10.9 average depth of target. Really good. 45% of the team's air yards have gone to Calvin Ridley. And the issue really has been Matt Ryan. So in the first three weeks, Matt Ryan had a total of three passes that traveled further than 20 yards. Ben Roethlisberger had more <laughs> through three weeks than that, which is hard to do. Um, week four, Um, Matt Ryan had seven that went over 20 yards now obviously the big benefactor was Cordero Patterson Mm -hmm. but you know if you dig a little deeper Calvin Ridley had 274 of the team's air yards a week for it's a lot of air yards to have and he's definitely a guy who's going to pop in expected fantasy points which is a metric that PFF uses to grade out guys. Calvin Ridley is second in the NFL behind only Cooper cup with 20.5 expected fantasy points. That that
0: that's a real shot
1: right to my heart as a Calvin (laughs) Ridley fantasy manager. (laughs) Let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) So I mean, the good days are definitely coming for Calvin Ridley. This is just kind of like the Logan Thomas on a bigger scale last year. He (laughs) he has everything underlying going for him and he's just not getting those pop plays. It looks like Arthur Smith is getting more aggressive in the play calling. I'm not sure what the first three weeks were, but week four was definitely a big difference in the way they were doing it. I think some of the teams they played early on just played two safeties high and asked them to go underneath, and that just wasn't his game. But this offense is getting better. And Matt Ryan's not his old self, but he can still be a quarterback who can float a top Yeah, he's, receiver. he's he's not he's not to the big Ben Um yeah, he's not that bad. Just he doesn't yet. fall on a play action.
0: And, and you know, Arthur Smith made the comment that, you know, Ridley knows he needs to be better. I know he can be better. He knows he can be better. If you went if you go back and I wouldn't suggest doing this, but if you do, watch plays from from that Falcons Washington game. Ridley did he had a drop or two and he had another you know just plays he could have made that you'd expect him to make that he didn't. So it's not all Matt Ryan, not all bad luck. Ridley can and I think will play better and we're both in agreement this is a buy. I think we're both in agreement that you better do it now. Because the first time he pops, he's not going to be available anymore.
1: Yeah, and I I mean, that pop has to be coming soon. Everything's going his way except for the fact that he hasn't had a big week. I mean, when you get 10 targets a game and you're not having like a 20-point week, it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he
0: had, I think it was 83 yards the other day, which was the most. So he hasn't even hit, like his yardage hasn't even been that crazy either. It's been in the 50s and 60s every week. So yeah, better days are surely ahead for Calvin Ridley, I I would expect at least. Okay, DJ Moore, a call that so far I am especially proud of, having DJ Moore on my breakouts, praying to the fantasy gods to give him some positive touchdown regression. And Dalton, it has happened. He has three touchdowns in two weeks, or in in four weeks. He had two last week, I should say. He should have four touchdowns, but we all saw on, on that Thursday night game Sam Darnold overthrow him on what would have been like a 40, 50-yard bomb. He's the wide receiver. Let me get that pulled back up. Four on the season. Wide receiver eight rest of season on Fantasy Pros. If I don't have him, I'm buying high. If I do have him, I'm not. I'm holding him. I'm not moving him. He's the number three graded receiver on PFF versus man coverage this season. Behind Tyreek Hill, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Probably Devontae Adams, but I don't even remember. Somebody else good. The bottom line. Um, the T regression, the positive regression, that's been great. And like I said, that's all he's really needed the last couple of years to to be a great fantasy asset. And the yardage is even higher, too. We're seeing Robbie Anderson get get phased out. Terrace Marshall hasn't made that impact yet. I mean, DJ Moore is far and away the the favorite option of Sam Darnold as he should be he's been a double-digit target guy he's having the season that Calvin Ridley should be having right now and I think it's going to continue for DJ Moore
1: yep so he's a buy high for me as well I mean he is 30% of the team's target share in offense that's top 16 in the NFL right now as far as yards per game and plays per game which means there's a lot of volume to be had he also has 39% of the team's total air yards which is really good and he's a 10.1 average depth of target so he's right where you want him to be mm-hmm. running those high target intermediate routes. He's running a um, lot of crossing routes which he's done
0: very well yes. at, uh, so
1: far this year. The thing that's more uh, that gives you more hope is I do not think Sam Darnold, the rushing attack in the red zone, <laughs> continues. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL, more than he, players Yeah, in the not, not just
0: that. I think he has the most rushing touchdowns of all time through four games as a oh quarterback. So, it, yeah, um, talk about things that are unsustainable.
1: That, yeah, that and their would red be, zone That, that carries. would be up there, yeah. And in those situations, I mean, those are balls that DJ Moore more than likely gets thrown his way. And this is a good coaching staff who utilizes their players well. If you remember the Thursday night game without Christian McCaffrey, they put DJ Moore in the backfield and ran him out in a flat in a route that DJ or that Christian McCaffrey would run and he ended up catching the ball and I think he was stopped at the two-yard line. But all of these things are what you want. He's being utilized smart. He's not just running deep like he did last year. His ADOT last year was 18.9. This year it's back down to 10.1. And I know that Robbie Anderson got a career, or a, sorry, a season high in targets last week. But just because he's a squeaky wheel, I mean, D.J. Moore is just flat out better. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it turns out maybe the answer to uh, your, C- or your your Christian McCaffrey conundrum uh, was not Chuba Hubbard, a little bit Chuba Hubbard, but just more D.J. Moore. If you're the Panthers, yeah. that's what it was last week, and it, it worked out not obviously it didn't work out to the tune of a win, but for the offense and for D.J. Moore specifically, things went pretty well against a very tough Cowboy defense. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in on D.J. Moore rest of the season guy that i just knew you were going to put him on this list i left him off of mine i was like i'm sure dalton's gonna put him on this is gonna be real tough for me to figure out what to do that's robert woods so robert woods is wide receiver let me pull that back up he's wide receiver 40 on the season 28 rest of season on fantasy pros
1: dalton what what are, what are we supposed to do with robert woods here i'm just selling i mean really yeah if i have him i don't want him If he's for sale, I don't want him. I mean, just to go through, he is an 18% target share. He has 18% targets per route run and 21% of the team's air yards. Those are wide receiver three numbers, which he's returning on. Mm -hmm. And then Van Jefferson has a 17% target share, 16% targets for route run, and 19% of the team's target share. These two are just taking up each other's fantasy production, and Van Jefferson's turned into a good NFL talent. And that's hurting Robert Woods. I mean, 22% of Robert Woods' fantasy points have come down designed plays by Sean McVay, whether they're a swoop out of the end zone or a goal line fade. Well, Sean McVay is going to get him more involved, he says, more involved. Well, and that's why, I mean, this is probably your best week to sell him because he scored a touchdown last week, which made his week look better. And he's being a squeaky wheel. So this is, you know, he's going to get involved. He's going to be the guy. He's going to come around. But, I mean, I went back and looked and, Matthew Stafford has a history of just elevating one guy in the offense above everybody else, and he just over-targets a player, and he's done that every week with Cooper Cup. Apparently, those two are getting breakfast together every day, so there's a breakfast narrative going on. And to make matters worse, Deshaun Jackson has had two balls overthrown from him that would have been touchdowns by Matt Stafford. And, I mean, I'm not saying Robert Woods isn't going to get less looks because Deshaun Jackson's not that player anymore, but if those are touchdowns on those two drives – Robert Woods got one and three of his catches on those drives when I went back to watch those games. And that's just not good for Robert Woods. If this team starts scoring at a higher rate, I just don't think he's the benefactor. I don't think he's the guy anymore. And he's always been this ho-hum. He gets me the yards, he gets me the targets, and he scores me the points and ends up as you know the wide receiver 10 or 12 because of that. It's and just, he's just not doing those things. It's just crazy because I think if you would
0: have asked, not fantasy football analyzers, but just like, NFL guys who the better receiver was a month ago I think it would have been Robert Woods over Cooper Cup like I think people and I still think Robert Woods is good I'm holding Woods if I have him and I'm not actively looking to to buy if I don't obviously I think if we would have done this list last week I think he would have been a buy for me I think this would have been the exact type of guy like in a lesser vein to Calvin Ridley um that you make this kind of list for because i mean if you if you make that move and it works out like those are league winning type of trades if if you can do it and it works out i think if you have them you just have to kind of stay in the flames because i i really don't know i agree with you if you can sell them high i think i would do it i just don't think if you're in a smart league i don't think you're going to be able to he goes four for 48 last week catches a touchdown but Anyone who had him or was playing against him or was even paying attention, they noticed he didn't do anything for like three quarters. He only had two targets entering the fourth quarter. And this is a game where they get down 27 to 10. So this is like the theoretical great comeback script you want for your receiver to to rack up um, receptions and, and yards. And he didn't even get that. His touchdown outside of the Jalen Hurts touchdown pass, was up there one of the two or three most garbage-time plays of the entire week. It was like in the last two minutes of the game, they are down 37-13. Like, everybody saw how late in the game that was. And what finally happened last week was what we had been saying will happen at some point. The Cardinals decided we are not letting Cooper Cup beat us. Cup only had five receptions, you know, 60-something yards. It was a good game. But instead, it's Van Jefferson. Like you said, he goes 6-for-90. Higby and Darrell Henderson are both involved enough to be a problem. I think the the reason why I talk myself out of completely selling him is I I do think there will be better a better time to sell him at some point this season. He's second on the team in routes run. He's played 90% of their snaps. I mean, he's been involved... From that standpoint, he has six red zone targets, five end zone targets. Both of those are second on the team. That at least gives me enough hope to hang on for the better, more sustainable looking week, and then I'm I'm getting out. But right now, I just think, I just think I have to hold. I just don't
1: think I can get the value I want. I'm gonna give you three guys I would trade for him if I had him right now, and I'll you tell me if you would do it. Okay, Marquise Brown.
0: No, I think I'd hang on the Robert Woods. I worry – we haven't seen what it looks like with Rashad Bateman yet. Cortland Sutton. I would trade Cortland Sutton. Um, I would trade for Cortland Sutton if I had Robert Woods, yeah.
1: Devonta Smith. I would I would rather have Devonta Smith. And I, But I think that does give a good parameter of his values. He's probably in closer to those guys right now than the, you know, perennial wide receiver one campaign we – yeah. I've come to expect from yeah. him.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, he pre-draft, he's always in, like, the 18 to 20 range every year. And now that wide receiver 28 is probably, you know, rest of the season, that's probably about right. I I think that would be around where Marquise Brown would be, too, in that,
1: like, 28 to 34, 35 type of range. Yeah. So. Well, I can't believe in the game where they were double covering Cup, There was, was Stafford was like, ah, 13 targets anyways. Like, I'm going to give him everything, even though there was nothing there. I think I made the joke to Johnny when you weren't here. All we're missing now
0: is the Antonio Brown move in with Tom Brady narrative happening with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. We're we're close. We're
1: close. We're getting there. He – I think I made this joke to you as well, but he grows beard, changes his number, and suddenly the guy's an alpha wide receiver. He's never not been bad, but he's never been this good. Yeah. No. For sure. All right, Chase Edmonds coming off
0: just a monster week. I don't know what – his rec- receiving numbers were real because that stuff is good most weeks with him. but 12 carries 120 yards. I mean Edmonds won you your week probably if if he was on your team.
1: Dalton, what are we doing with Chase Edmonds? I'm selling high. Um, he is the RB12 right now. Mm-hmm. He's currently second in the NFL among running backs and target share. And this, we expected him to catch passes and he's doing that, but he's third in the NFL in targets, which is only behind Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift. But I mean, this offense there, if anybody's watching it, you know, it's very good, but the way they're getting things done right now is still questionable. DeAndre Hopkins is third in target share behind Chase Edmonds and AJ Green right now. That's probably not sustainable. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his. Um, He he is, but I, I, I made the comment in the newsletter that
0: it, Kind of turns out right now that Kyler Murray playing so well has not been a good thing for Hopkins because he's just throwing the who's open. He's doing the Drew Brees. Everyone's going to get four catches today thing.
1: Yeah, but I just don't think that target share is sustainable for Edmonds. And that's where some of his points are coming from. Mm. He still has one red zone carry to James Connors 8. It's very clear that they don't want to utilize him in that role. Last week, despite him having a very good week, he actually lost some of his his running back share to Rondell Moore who they played out back a little more. Um, so there's still concerns that they're going to start mixing these three guys in and using them a little differently. And last but not least, this offense is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And if you were to look around and pick players who were probably going to come down to earth when this offense inevitably gets a little worse, because it probably has to, uh, there aren't a lot of offenses who can be at this level other than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I mean, Chase Edmonds is probably one of the guys who gets impacted from it. He is third in the NFL in runs of 20-plus yards. That's one of those stats that's not really sticky week to week. You can't really predict those things. Mm-hmm. So I just think that he's in a prime time to sell really high. You probably draft him in the sixth round. He's not one of the running backs you're relying on. So you can give him to somebody for a high-end wide receiver or a really good tight end and walk away just feeling good and still having a complete roster. Yep, I I am selling,
0: selling, selling, selling Chase Edmonds right now. When I, when I watch him run the ball, I, again, I know he just had a good game last week. I think, uh, I think a lot of that was...
1: It was stuff a lot of guys in the league could have done. Let's put it that way. But there's well, the one long running hat of like 50 yards. Mm-hmm. It should, a good, a, a really talented running back takes that to the house. Yep. And watching it, because I had Edmonds and DFS, I was like, if he takes us to the house, I'm winning a lot of money. <laughs> and I thought he was going to do it because I was like, man, guys like Clyde Edwards or Lair probably would have taken that one to the house. There was so much space. And yeah. then he loses out to a safety who was behind him at one point. Just not not very talented there. Yeah, I I don't think he's a very good runner. He can catch the ball, and so if you're in a
0: PPR half point per reception, he's a good starter for you. I think he is probably like a flex play rest of season, and rest of season ranks have him as like an RB two right now. So I I think you're right. I think you can sell him for a more desirable receiver if you're just talking about a flex spot in your lineup, even for as good as he ran the ball last week production wise, James Conner Outcarried carried him 18 to 12 Connors out carried him on the season as a whole so far he Edmonds has no touchdowns yet he will score some but his role projects him as a guy who could have like one of the worst touchdown rates in the league just because you mentioned it doesn't get the red zone carries at all and just doesn't get the red zone targets either it's like they're in the red zone it's DeAndre Hopkins it's Christian Kirk it is a guess max williams sometimes and it's it's james connor and then kyler murray running the ball it's not chase Edmonds, so i i agree if i have him no matter the league if it's ppr half point ppr standard might be tougher if you're in a dynasty league if you're keeper league whatever the format (laughs) i'm
1: getting out under this right now yeah i mean this is the guy who's going to be one of those players next year who's like going to finish the season as rb like 18 i bet Mm -hmm. and a lot of people talk about him in the off season as somebody i i can't believe chase edmonds had an rb 18 season well what's gonna what's gonna
0: happen He's gonna be the rb 18 and they're gonna bring in a running back who is either like a 50 50 split or like The presumptive starter and everyone's like why would they do this they have the rb 18 it's like well actually he's really not like that good of an nfl running back
1: i feel like this is a shot at miles Gaskin. i really feel like that's what we're doing here (laughs) no it it really
0: it really is not it really is not it's taking great restraint on my part not to bring it I'll, i'll wait a couple more weeks before i start taking victory laps there Oh, that one! Three great. carries last week. Uh, um, no targets. <laughs> <laughs> Allen Robinson, next up on the list. This is a great name, especially with the timely news that we mentioned the fields being the starter. The rest of the season, it has not been good for a Rob through four games. He is the wide receiver sixty right now, and That's wide, the capital six, and wide receiver twenty eight. Rest of season, so still relatively optimistic. But if you took him, you took him as a top twelve to fifteen. Type of receiver if i have alan robinson this is another buy low for me he doesn't have the the encouraging you know projected fantasy points target share like all, he doesn't have all of that stuff that ridley has going for him right now i just still believe he's the best receiver on that team i know now that field is there the next problem people are going to point to like well mooney has more targets more receptions more yards I think even though Fields is going to have growing pains, I think we're finally going to get A-Rob with at least a capable quarterback, which is really like that's all any of us have ever wanted for like the last five years was was to see that. I mean, Fields had a throw at him the other day. I think Robinson was like three for 63 in that game. So fine, not not what you want, but he was fine. But Fields had a throw that was like on a frozen rope to the sideline, where Robinson rose above a defender in front of him. Got crowbarred in the back by the guy behind him as he was coming down, and he toe dragged on the sideline and caught the ball. I, I just still think he's a really good player, and I'm I'm saying he's a top twenty guy rest of season. I'm still a big believer in A. Rob Dalton.
1: Yeah, I'm taking him to a garage sale and selling him for whatever they have. Um, at wide receiver 60, you're selling him. I don't, I mean, it has to get better because he's so bad, but it can't get much better. And I think now's the time you can still sell on name value. Um, his dots career low, 9.2 average at the target. Three straight games, he's had under a 20% target share. And very, very concerning was last week when Darnell Mooney had all 97 of Justin Fields' yards through like a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, and here's what is important to me coming into the NFL. One of the great talents that people said Justin Fields had is he's not a one read quarterback. He was one of the guys who knew how to make his progressions. And he's done that in the NFL so far. He's done a pretty good job at making his reads against the Browns. It was a little different because he was getting murdered. But last week he was a guy who went through his reads and he was also playing the
0: Lions. So if yes. you know, the Browns are tough Lions very easy. Let's see if against yes. gets like a normal opponent and, and see what happens.
1: But Allen Robinson isn't a player who, like a guy making his reads, looks like a guy you want to target. I went and looked; PFF has a stat called EZ targets. Those are targets where the wide receiver has over 1.5 yards of separation in three or in two of the four weeks. Allen Robinson has a zero percent. All of his targets have been difficult because he's he's not a separator, and we know that that's his talent. And I know him playing with bad quarterbacks has sucked, but those guys have also just locked onto him, and he's made the play. And I think Justin Fields is just a smarter player. He's going to re- make his reads and run through the offense. And Allen Robinson's not always going to be the first option. So going forward, he will have better games. He hasn't broken double digits yet in half point per PP- or in half point scoring. He will break that eventually. I just don't think he's going to have any of those typical Allen Robinson 20, 25 point games anymore. Not with Justin Fields this year, at least. And then this team, I know Evan Silva said at the start of the season, they do seem want to want to run the ball when they have Justin Fields. They want to minimize the impact he can have on the game and use their run game. That might change with Montgomery out, but I just I can't project them for a ton of passing attempts, and it's going to be a really, really small offense to get your, your share in. I'll say two
0: things. Number one, Allen Robinson, I think it was against the Bengals after Dalton got hurt. Um, he had a target in the end zone from Fields that was a tough catch, but he should have caught it. He usually catches it. And if he does catch it, we're probably like just feeling differently about him because he has a thirty-something yard touchdown and however many more points on, on his resume, and it's a, it's a pass and catch from from the quarterback that is there now. So there's that. I, I think he's just like one misplay away from people feeling a lot better about him. Number one. Um, number two. I just think you know Fields. I, I have faith in him. He's a good player. I think he is going to build chemistry with a Rob, and they're going to get on the same page and he's going to have that confidence to, and they're going to get the timing down to, to throw it in the spot where it needs to be for a Rob to go make plays and contest and catch situations. I, again, I'm taking him as a top 20 guy. This, this could be a board bet. We can, we can, we can have Johnny jot down later. Where would you rank a Rob rest of season? Just top of your head. I just
1: going to ask you that I'd probably put him at like 30 or 29 in that area okay so
0: let's do top 24 uh, i'll say a rob is a top 24 receiver and you're saying he is not rest of season from here yep, on from here on. okay so first four yep. weeks not uh, I, I don't get his wide receiver 60 dragging me down <laughs> i was uh, just seeing
1: if i was getting a handicap or nope thought.
0: nope not 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 gonna play that game uh johnny if you are editing and you hear this please make a note i will also probably remind him because Let's see if Johnny actually listens this far to the podcast. We're, we're at 49 <laughs> minutes now. Uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, adult, let, me, let me read you what Debo Samuel is, is on pace for. It's from Kyle Yates. He just tweeted this out right before we started. He's on pace for about 179 targets, 119 receptions, 2,083 yards, and 13 receiving touchdowns. That's gotta be a sell, right? Like you've got to probably—he's wide receiver three, and it's not that people think he's gonna keep that up, but wide receiver seventeen is still pretty hefty, based on where you drafted him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is a sell high. Devo, Tyreek Hill, Samuel is definitely (laughs) someone I'm selling. He has thirty-three percent of the team's targets. I, him, he, I, him
0: and George Kill, I think, have combined for like 70% of of the targets. Because I was reading a Niners blog today, it's like, uh, hello, can we get Brendan Ayuk some of those targets, please? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and he might be dropped Bold leagues. It's a different note, but yeah, no, uh, well, I'm still hanging on, I'm still hanging on. But then he has 36% of the team's air yards, those are all good. But here's where it gets weird um, his A dot is 7.7. 7. Let's just remember last year was Mm 2.2. And that's because that's how they like to utilize Debo Samuel. Uh, I made the joke in the offseason. He's a running back at wide receiver. That's still, he's still an after the play, make you miss kind of guy. One of his touchdowns, I know this is like really getting into it, but that touchdown against the Lions should not have been a touchdown. Yeah. Well, any NFL team. And I I was going to say
0: that ball against the Lions, Jimmy Garoppolo just threw it up and he went up and it was a great play by Debo, but like, that's not a sustainable play cuz it wasn't like a successful deep play. It was a quarterback making a poor decision that he got bailed out on. And then last week against Seattle, he could not have been more open on that broken coverage where he took it like 60-70 yards. So he's had yeah. he's had on those two plays alone like 30 points that you know, he very easily just could not have if things went differently.
1: Yeah, you don't want to call them lucky, but I mean, those are definitely plays that you you can't predict and don't correlate week to week. And then this 49ers team is not able to play the game they want to right now. They're passing the ball more than they want to. Jeff Wilson comes off the PUP in two weeks. He's going to definitely be somebody involved with their offense. Elijah Mitchell, too, coming back. He's definitely someone who sounds like he'll be back soon. Michael Hastie should be back with that ankle injury. Don't forget their second string running back other than Kyle Juszczyk is a guy that played in the XFL in the Bengals preseason squad. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not an NFL caliber, caliber uh, Jakuus Patrick. He's just not. And even Trey Sermon's had some issues in his playing. So they're passing the ball more than they want to, and they're running a deeper offense than they want to. Those things are probably going to change. And if we see Trey Lance on the field, I think those things really change because Shanahan's going to try to cover up those things and pass less run more. Boy, let me tell you, man, Kyle Shanahan does not want to let Jimmy
0: G go quietly into that dark night. I mean, we, we thought it was going to be Lance at least for a few weeks because it was like, oh, Jimmy G's hurt his calf. He might be out a little while. It's like, oh, just kidding. It's actually not that bad. He actually, like, he's probably going to play this week. And everyone's like, great. Yay. Jimmy's going to be back.
1: Well, the saddest thing, I don't know if you saw this, but they they have a press conference with Jimmy G, and he just starts crying when he's talking about his injury because he's like, this happens to me all the time.
0: (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing, but it's it's all You got
1: to feel bad for the guy. And I mean, this is like we saw Trey Lance play, and Trey Lance in what was supposedly not an offense designed for him in that game looked really good compared to Jimmy I mean Jimmy G got the offense kind of going yeah but Trey Lance was dominating
0: I would say it was still pretty like he produced but it wasn't like the best football but he you mentioned it it wasn't the game plan for him he didn't get any practice with the first first string guys presumably all week and he got thrown to the fire if he was a starter next week with time for Shanahan the game plan and and all that stuff I, I have faith it would just get better and better for Trey yeah. Lance and that's why it's so frustrating that Jimmy G seemingly is still the guy there. Because it's like, you talk about that A dot like it's gonna stay low with Jimmy G because that is Kyle Shanahan protecting the team and protecting Jimmy G from himself. Uh, because <laughs> we we saw on uh, a primetime game what can happen when he has to hold the ball, gets pressured,
1: he might just throw it backwards, Dalton. He might, and <laughs> it might be a Super Bowl game where he does that. <laughs> uh, I yeah, but at the end of the day, like. The other thing about Debo is Brandon Ayuk is, has to come back into these it, offices, right? look, It's looking really bad, but if you got to the end of the year, like if
0: someone k- traveled back in time for whatever reason, you know, we, we invent time machines, and they decide, all right, I have to go tell somebody what Brandon Ayuk did the rest of this season. If they told me that he finished as the wide receiver 23, I'd be like, yeah, you know. I could see him getting it together enough to do that, and if he does that, that's obviously a big ding to to Debo Samuel, because and I just don't think it's going to be the Debo Kittle show and that's it. Well, um, it's hardly the Kittle show. Yeah, no I mean, and, and K- Kittle's getting the targets, but he yeah, not the fantasy points. He's banged up right now, too. So definitely, definitely not helping. I, I, th- I think the Debo hype is sky high right now. I've you just know it's going to go wrong for him at some point whether or not it is an injury which happens to debo quite often in the nfl and in college whether it's his low a dot go turns into a few five catch for like 15 to 30 yard weeks instead of five for 90 or like the insane you know six for 183 because he had a 60 yard touchdown on a broken coverage if i'm getting paid like he's a number one or are very highly regarded. Number two, I'm doing that in the heartbeat.
1: Yeah. Well, if we're playing find the imposter among the top four wide receivers, it goes Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, uh, Debo Samuel, and then DJ Moore. Yeah. And if you're looking for the one that just doesn't really feel like the rest, it probably is going to be Debo Samuel out of those four. It's
0: not. It's not the same as Alan Lazard being a top five guy through like three or four yeah. weeks last year. It's not that
1: outrageous but it's a little outrageous absolutely and he's definitely a guy where if you have him you can probably get a really good haul for him like you could go trade for calvin ridley and an yeah. rb2 and that's probably a justifiable trade
0: yeah or you know even if you're trading up like i don't know could you use him plus an rb2 to trade up for like a Devontae adams Henry. like probably not not <laughs> Derrick Henry, I don't think, but like a Devonta adams like I don't know, i'm trying to think of like like well DJ Moore, I know his value is sky high, but you can maybe get DJ Moore for that, and I would rather have DJ Moore than, than yeah. I would a, do a one to uh, one for that. Yeah, or even like you know, a, not not probably an RB two in that scenario, but like a, a like like a Chase Edmonds. Would you do Debo Samuel and Chase Edmonds for DJ Moore? I I definitely would if I'm getting DJ Moore.
1: Yeah, if I'm getting DJ Moore, <laughs> if I'm not do- I'm not doing that trade for them. But yeah, yeah, I.
0: I think we're in agreement there, Dalton. Anything else that you want to add before we get out of here
1: on on this Wednesday night? Um, I can't wait to see Stefan Diggs, who said he doesn't respect the Chiefs defense, get absolutely creamed again at Arrowhead. So, Well, we will see. It'll probably be the offense doing a majority of that. Uh, doesn't matter. He's going to be standing there watching fireworks again. <laughs>
0: We can only hope. And that is going to do it for us on episode 48 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. You can find all of those links in the link tree link that Johnny will put in the description of this show. We'll be back, I believe, over the weekend on Sunday. We'll we'll see if we can get all three back together again, or Johnny will go on their Costco run uh, right before the games this week hopefully all three of us together for a stream and then we'll for sure be back next week with uh yeah we we might just make this the Cordero patterson debo samuel tracker show um with (laughs) with how those guys are playing hopefully not but we'll be back again next week thank you guys so much for tuning in